Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. If you like this podcast, if you benefit from this podcast or you benefit from some of the writing that we do on Instagram, on Facebook, if you attend our connection sessions that take place every second Sunday on Zoom, if you have been a member of our Flourish coaching course, you may, 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 being the operative word I appreciate, may want to make a subscription to our Patreon page. Why would I do that, Yusuf? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there are a number of different audio recordings on there. I can't remember exactly how many, but I think it's more than 20. At least it may be even more than that. And there's also a number of different connection sessions uploaded in full on the Patreon page. Every time we have a connection session on Zoom, I put the whole unedited recording up onto Patreon. And there are a number of different articles as well. Some things that I've written um, reflecting on topics, themes related to personal growth, the pursuit of wholeness according to the Islamic tradition. But what if you don't want to make a contribution? Well, that's cool. Don't worry about it. That's all love. Enjoy the podcast. Take it easy. Says, I suppose the question would be, at what point do we relent? because we need that striving power to go through the hurt and the pain that is required to reach the goal. And this is this is the question that I'm trying to strike at, maybe in a not very articulate way, and I appreciate you guys for bearing with me, which is that this pursuit, this path is deeply experiential and experimental. Hmm. experimental and experiential because if you look on the the, the axis there from kind of oh the the, the compass from kind of um, northwest to southeast it says warrior and lover that's what it's referring to here and then even said the word love look because we need that warrior energy to go through the hurt and the pain that is required to reach the goal so therefore sometimes we have to lean towards the warrior Sometimes we have to strive. That's kind of one of the tenets of our faith, right? This idea of striving in the way of God, which certainly in our case, of course, is, is more metaphorical than physical. But similarly, we also need the capacity to love. We need the capacity to accept. We need the capacity to be content. We need the capacity to relent. And then the question comes is, where is that balance? Where is it? And that's something that is not necessarily scriptural. It's not something that is going to come to you from a particular verse. Well, actually, that's not true. It may well come to you from a verse of the Quran. You may well be able to, to, in, you know, to get this insight, to reflect and to, to consider. But remember that the Almighty says we show you signs on the horizons and signs inside of yourself. It's personal. It's deeply personal. And how can anybody instruct you in that? how to know where to strive and when to relent. What am I supposed to do in this situation? What am I meant to do now? Should I push on or should I pull back? How do we know that? What kind of guidance do we have that, that leads us to act appropriately in any particular moment? That's the question I'm getting at. So what happens in society then if, and all of us must, I reckon all of us have experienced in some way, some kind of, some, some experience similar to that, that we've pushed too hard and then everything collapses. It collapses inside of us. There's no energy left. We burn out. We feel like, oh, what's the point? You know, I can't do this anymore. 
And then, you know, the extremity of that can be enormous. It can be very, very deep. It can be, you know, like a, an absolute collapse. Things in life can go up down the pan, you know, like everything can go wrong. And society looks at you and says, oh, no, look what, she, oh, look what he's done. Oh, no, having a breakdown. Oh, no. But remember that we said that we're operating, we're functioning by different criteria here. And then when I say to you, you know what, in the hard times, in the dark moments, there is, a, there is a light, there is a jewel, there is something extremely beautiful. And it sounds like a kind of, you know, Instagram post, like a kind of flippant, yeah, yeah, you know, everything's going to be fine, don't worry, it's fine. There's something beautiful in there, you find it kind of, you know, this, just, you know, deal with it. But the reality is that would not know her end point or would not have come to that understanding that she just communicated to us, which is that there needs to be a time for relenting. There needs to be a time to physically rest. There needs to be a time to sit back and to contemplate and to consider. It's not complete and total pushing all the time. And she, the only way that she's able to know that is by means of pushing to the limit, right? By having that negative experience, by having that kind of burnout. So therefore, in the eyes of society, maybe that's just a, you know, oh no, look, look what happened. If I do something like that, if I, if I become overwhelmed, look what happened to you. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Is it a shame? Did it teach me everything that I need to know? Did it help me understand the existence? Did it help me understand my relationship with the creator? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in that moment, I would say, I, I presume, that I knew I need to stop. I knew I needed to stop. And I know that there's many people who have been through very similar experiences. I knew at that moment what I had to do. There's no question. That's from the soul. And the one who knows himself knows his Lord. Remember, we said in last week's session, if you were in, in attendance, we said that the, the soul is from the command of my Lord. How do you hear that inner soul? How do you hear the voice of, of, of the soul? How do you hear the guidance that comes from Allah Almighty internally? Then you endeavor in the world. You engage with the world. You can't sit back and listen for the voice. Sometimes you have to work. Sometimes you have to face difficult situations. Sometimes you have to be challenged. Sometimes you have to have difficult conversations. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. You don't feel cognitively, consciously like you want to do it. But there's a need because it comes from the soul. It's a drive from within. And that's why we go back to what we said last week, how many people have done things which just seem completely and utterly irrational and illogical, but just had to be done. And even the outcome wasn't particularly nice, but it had to happen. This has to happen. This is what it means to live soulfully. And that means that you're playing a different game to the rest of society. You're playing a different game to the rest of the world. that there has to be a level of compassion with the self, which is to say that sometimes people say to me, you know, as a Muslim, this is not the, 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 the value hierarchy that we have. We don't judge people according to their profession, for example. Only Allah can truly know the internal workings, the, the reality of a person. But you must also understand that that's where this is the, the age that we live in the zeitgeist as it were this is the way that we perceive the world this is how we've been nurtured whether as muslims or as non-muslims regardless 
this is the nature of modernity. This is the nature of the societies that we function and operate within. This is the way that people evaluate life. What is your profession? What is your income? What kind of contribution do you make to society? Now, is that to say for a moment that making a, excuse me, making a contribution to society is inappropriate or unnecessary? No, it's not. What are we focusing upon here? We're focusing upon intent. We're focusing upon what is your intent. Blessed Messenger Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, says actions are judged by intention. So therefore, um, there was a meme I put on Facebook the other day, which is a famous Zen statement, which says, before enlightenment, um, gather water, chop wood. After enlightenment, gather water, chop wood. Maybe externally the actions are the same. We should go to work. We should contribute. We should work on projects. We should endeavor. But what really matters is what's happening inside. What's the intent inside? What's the intent which underpins those actions? That's what's definitive. So maybe things look externally the same. Two people are in the office. Two people are you know, in the business. Two people are in the classroom. Two people are driving taxis. Two people are doing whatever it is that they do. Their external circumstances, their status in the organization, their, their standing is the same. Their salary is the same, but in the divine court, they're in completely different circumstances because of the intent which underpins it. And remember, we must be strong enough. We must have the power to be able to liberate ourselves from the need to reduce life to this opportunity to make more money, to, to get more from the universe around us. Don't think that I'm telling you that you should resign from your job and go and live in the mountains and stuff. Well, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the purpose of our life is not to acquire. The purpose of our life is to contribute. The purpose of our life is to, is to what? Is to articulate our gratitude to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is at the core of everything. And that in itself is revolutionary. That's countercultural. That's an incredible idea, which makes you, if you can hold on even to the cognitive notion of that, it makes you incredibly strong. If you can make that your reality, which is what we're attempting to do to make that shift internally so that, you know, the purpose of my life is Allah's pleasure, not status, standing, wealth. If by means of seeking Allah's pleasure, I get status, standing, and wealth, I accept. So therefore, is wealth inherently wrong? Is status inherently wrong? Is, um, you know, having a successful business, is becoming the, the prime minister of the Republic of Ireland, is that wrong? No. It's not wrong. It's not fundamentally wrong. It's not, let's say, intrinsically wrong. What is wrong is if your intent is not appropriate. If you're doing that for Allah truly, sincerely, and you have done the inner work to be able to consciously engage with the self, then bismillah. It is the intent that distinguishes us. And that's why when there is this overwhelm, when there is this moment of clarity inside, which is, you know what, I'm being overpowered, overwhelmed by this entire experience, I need to stop. That's because what is important is Allah's pleasure. You stop because that's the appropriate thing to do. If I continue, I'm going to be lost. So the entire journey, the entire path is about putting him at the very center of our existence. At the very center of our existence.
that. I think you, you, may Allah bless you, I think you understated the whole endeavor, which is to say that, you know, sometimes it gets a bit hard. No, sometimes this path is, is catastrophically painful. Like, to say that sometimes it's hard is underselling it. <laughs> sometimes it's, it's, it's so deeply painful that it shakes the root of your existence, correct? You agree with that, ladies and gentlemen? Y or N? And therefore, you must understand that, you must know that this is the greatest trial known to mankind. And so for me, one of the most heartening things that you said when you were speaking then is, you know, I've been practicing Islam for a long time, but it wasn't like this. <laughs> Sheikh Ibrahim said to me a long time ago, if you're going to take this path, Yusuf, are you sure, mate? Are you sure you want this? Huh? Because when you take this path, this becomes a jihad al-akbar. This is the greatest of all battles. The greatest thing that you can ever contest with is yourself. First of all, do not, and there is a lot in our discourse. There is a lot in our tradition. I'm, I, I accept, especially in the kind of Turkic, uh, Farsi, Persian, Central Asian, Sufi tradition, which is the idea of taking your enemy, your nafs as your enemy. Not sure how healthy or how useful that is all the time. Don't hate yourself. You understand? Taking it as your enemy is meant in a metaphorical kind of analogic, uh, as an analogy. Don't hate yourself for feeling certain things. It doesn't help. Your nafs is you. You understand? These terms that we utilize to try to explain the path are used to describe elements of the self. It's part of you. And therefore, you're not wrong for feeling certain things. You're not wrong for feeling hurt. You're not wrong for feeling, you know what, that person did this. I want to stop it, Yusuf. You understand? What you have to do is you have to accept accept that that is part of your being. That's it. It's there. It's in you. And you, you are going to have to go and control it. You have to channel it in the correct direction. You don't have the right to go out and start screaming and shouting and doing whatever you want all the time. Sometimes you will, by the way. Sometimes we will slip. Sometimes we'll lose it. Sometimes we, because we are insane, we are, as Bushra said earlier, we suffer from insanity. <clears throat> But in the moments that it gets too hard, then we have to listen to the soul. I've wanted to tell this story for ages, and I've never got around to doing it. Alhamdulillah, Allah put it in my mind now. A long time ago, my, my wife was with one of her teachers, and she was going on this journey. She, you know, she her teacher was visiting a number of people, going to a number of different places. Um, and um, my wife had the, the honor, the blessing to be able to accompany her. And these weren't necessarily religious gatherings. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like one gathering after another. It was like someone's barbecue or something like that, you know? And the people that she was spending time with were not, were not, uh, were not people of the path kind of thing. It was like more of a community service. Do you know what I mean? But my wife was really excited because then she was going to get to sit in the car with, uh, with the teacher and ask all of her questions and, you know, have these discussions, et cetera, et cetera. So, in the evening, when they'd been to all these different places, they were going back because they had to go to a lesson in the evening. And there was going to be a 45-minute drive. And my wife was like, right, that's it. Yes, this is the time. This is the chance. I can ask all my questions. And, the, and my wife said, so. And the teacher put her hand up and said, no. 
I need this. I need this time. And she took out her tasbih and she made dhikr for 45 minutes. <laughs> Lol. So we, she didn't get to have the discussion. She didn't get to ask any of the questions. And the, 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 the story functions on a number of different levels. What I'm, what I'm presenting that to you now is that sometimes you just shut it down. You understand? It's cool. It's fine. Chill. Yeah, but I have to be the hero. I have to be the savior of everyone. I have to be able to answer every single question. No, you don't. Sometimes. You are embarking in the most brutal of battles possible. You are looking inside of the self, a place where no one else is prepared to go. You know, Carl Jung said that people, that men would rather find a way to go to Mars than look inside of themselves. No one wants to look at the dragons in the darkness that exists inside of there. Are you brave enough to do that? If you're brave enough to do that, then chill, man. Give yourself a break when it gets overwhelmingly hard, when it gets too much. That's the appropriate thing to do. And how does the teacher, how does the awakened being know that? Because the soul tells her. And the soul min amr rabbi. The soul is from the command of Allah. If you know yourself, you will know Allah. So therefore, when it's becoming, you know, don't try and be a savior, everyone. Don't try and be some kind of doormat. You can't, because you will be destroyed by that. When it becomes too hard, chill, take a break. Calm down. Say, no, sorry, I can't right now. Not with anger, not with hatred. Maintain consciousness. Say, at this moment in time, I'm not prepared to do that. Just like the, lady, just like the teacher did to my, to my wife. Not now. She knows what she needs. She knows that she has other responsibilities. She knows that she has to come and teach this lesson. She can't go there in a space where, you know, her mind is not conscious, her heart is not awake. She needs time. I need time. So the 45-minute car journey can be three weeks, can be a month. Do you understand me? It can be time. You need to take time. You don't always need to do everything all the time. And that's why those of you who have come into contact, tell me if I'm right or wrong by giving me a Y or N. Those of you who have come into contact with people who are conscious and alive inside, they have it, um, generally have it, immaculate manners, you know, beautiful adab. But they will tell you what you need to hear. And they will say, like, not now, no, busy. Not in that way. They won't be like, I don't care. They will say, you know what? You will feel that sense of love. They don't mean to hurt you. But at the same time, with the utmost respect, take this in the right, um, in the right way. They don't care because they know what's required. They know what Allah requires from them. They know what the soul is saying to them. They're in touch with themselves. They're aligned, you might say. And therefore, what I need to do right now is this. If I need to do this, then unfortunately, that might hurt your feelings. And no one's happy about hurting people's feelings, of course, but this is what I have to do. You know the hadith, Sayyidah Aisha, may Allah, may, Allah, may Allah be well pleased with her. Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to clean the house, used to mend the shoes, used to play with us, used to joke with us. And when the Adhan was called, it was as though he didn't know who we were. <laughs>